As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast fans, Michael Beller here. Just want to give you a quick disclaimer on today's episode. We hit stop on the record button, literally. I am not exaggerating. Literally, about one minute before Mike Tomlin announced that Mason Rudolph would be starting in place of Ben Roethlisberger in Week 17. So just take that into account as you are listening to our talk on the Steelers and the playoff implications and people being rested and all of that. Enjoy the episode. And welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 29th. Most of you have already had your fantasy leagues finish. If you have just coming off a championship, congratulations. Some of you playing into week 17, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that here today. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston. Of course, we are with you all the way through the NFL season here. We're not taking week 17 off at the Athletic. Uh, first, Jake. Uh, how'd your how'd your week 16 go any of those championships come through for you no uh, not only did uh dave ganos not take it easy on me as i limped <laughs> into the cbs idp final he just doubled me up by scoring like 230 to 120 or 130 years i don't know he obliterated me like he wasn't even nice uh it's i told you it wasn't going to be good when we talked last yeah. week it, i had so many injuries Lost the other one. Actually, was closer than I thought it was, but all you need to know about that one was that Josh Allen scored more than my next two closest players combined. So that was the Marvin Hall team I was telling you about that I was right. desperate for. And then the other one, I just I didn't even have a chance. I, I forget. It was it's one of those stupid deep leagues that I don't even care about that much. Yeah. It's because look, I, I understand it's just as a quick sidebar for that. I understand the appeal for people that want to play in fourteen and sixteen, and then you even see some people like eighteen and twenty four leagues and stuff like that. And I always push against it because I know everybody wants to go deeper, but I say just make the rosters deeper and the mm-hmm. starting positions deeper because it just adds so much luck if you lose one or two key players because there's already nothing on waivers to start. So I understand why people want to do it, but I'd rather keep it at 12 and just expand the rosters. Yeah, I am with you there wholeheartedly. I've told you guys this before, but my favorite league, uh, my home league, it's 10 teams, super flex, two running backs, three receivers, and two flex positions in addition 
to the super flex spot. So we go very deep oh, nice. in our starting rosters yeah. with just 10 teams, and I think that's a really fun way to play. Uh, Brandon, we know you didn't have any uh, championship teams. We talked about this last week, but uh, those one-and-done leagues you like to bring up, how'd that go for you week 16? Yeah, so I'm in uh, – it's like a 35-team or, you know, manager pool, and I was ninth going into the week. And I traveled a little bit over the holidays, and I totally forgot to turn in my lineup until – just before the afternoon and thank god i had i didn't i hadn't used aaron Rodgers and Devonte adams yet oh. i hadn't used like miles sanders i actually put together based on the afternoon games and the monday night games a pretty solid lineup so i think i'm still in good shape to maybe finish in the top five and and uh get a little bit of a return out of things nice yeah, yeah. very nice um <laughs> I, since i asked you guys this was really all just a setup for me to get to gloat three championships for me in this 2020 season so if Feeling very good on this Tuesday as we head into week seven. Except flex, except flex, <laughs> and my flex. Yeah, I, 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 you know, whined jokingly about this on Twitter, but my flex league. I, I saw lost that. In the semifinals. That was uh, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Adams team that would have run yeah, away with the been championship. Cru- cruising to the title. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of, David Gatos won the auction, and that too. Dave Gatos had a nice year. Look at that. Congratulations, Ganos. Always happy to see a friend do well. And hopefully those of you out there pulled home at least one championship, maybe multiple championships, and had some fun along the way. And Week 17 uh, here as well. You know, actually, I make fun of Brandon all the time for being a Week 17 championship kind of person. But I do play in a league that goes to Week 17, lost to the semifinals, unfortunately, so won't be playing this season in this week 17 but we know some of you out there will be we're going to just take a look at some week 17 general issues the first big one the reason why people don't play in week 17 typically is because teams are going to rest teams have locked up playoff berths teams have locked up non-playoff berths whatever you want to talk about players are going to rest this week the obvious one this season is the Kansas City Chiefs nothing to play for if you've been riding Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey all year they're part of the reason you're in this spot now you don't have him in week 17 I mean, what do you what do you even do Jake <laughs> uh so well I will say for people you would still want to play week 17 I do have one league I do this in where we still have our championship in week 16 but then we have a DFS everybody plays DFS in week uh, 17 against each other cool. and there's an extra 50 bucks on the line so you could do that just to throw that out there is a way to get both involved but in any case uh, you're going to be kind of unless you planned ahead kind of scraping because it's not even a great week for streamers i only listed six and i don't want to start cam newton against the jets uh, mostly just because you know if brandon said the entire year it's running touchdown or nothing and the jets are solid against the run so kirk cousins against detroit looks nice baker he gets his receivers back hopefully and a win you know potential win and go into the playoffs against pittsburgh Rivers, Dalton, and Trubisky. Those are the six that I mentioned. Outside of that, if you have to dig elsewhere, I pray for you. And you, this is exactly why you probably hate Week 17 more than anybody else. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, the, the quarterbacks Jake mentions, I mean, what do you do at tight end? Right, you've been playing Travis Kelsey as a basically a wide receiver one at your tight end spot. What are you looking Those at here worse. now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, then you, now now you find out what it's like for most everybody else in your league. You're in the you're in the back end tight end one waiting pool there, and you're trying to figure something out. But that's that's kind of where you're at. I mean, that's that's what you're doing. Um, I haven't done my rankings yet. I, I'm not going to be able to throw out a bunch of guys that you could potentially play. But you're looking for, yeah, you're looking for somebody that's going to get some volume targets. And uh, who's the backup in Kansas the City? The waiver wire. Yeah, Cold tell them. You know the four, you should remember you edited is Jimmy Graham, Irv Smith, Schultz, and Herndon. That's what it is. It's yeah. that bad. Yeah. 
Hey, Jimmy Graham uh, scored two touchdowns last week. I know, and I switched him. It was originally going to be Cole Komet again, but seeing as how Jimmy Graham's <laughs> annoyingly popped back up and he looked ruined good. Cole Komet the past two, I know, the yeah. past two weeks, we've been all over Cole Komet. Now watch. Everybody's going to go back to Jimmy Graham, and it's yeah. going to be a Cole Komet game. Uh, Cole, uh, Cole, I mean, that's actually the perfect way to dive into Week 17 is being able to say it's a Cole Komet game. That is that is week seventeen, I think, in a nutshell, at least from the fantasy world. Um, you know, we're also looking at. I mean, how worried do you, are we guys about the Bills, the Steelers, and the Bucks? Those are three teams that really don't have much well, more to play that. for this week. Uh, I mean, at least everyone else has like maybe a little something to play for. No, what I was gonna say. So my, I mentioned this in the waiver column with a couple play with a couple players and other teams too. Is I think those are the three that I mentioned. I said they could bench them in the first quarter, second quarter, third. Like you just don't know you're gonna get a full game because they don't care about seedings now because they're all locked in. It's either two or three for Buffalo and Pittsburgh. It's five, six, or seven for Tampa. Arian said he's gonna play his guys, but. You know, that's there was a blowout last week. So, you know, if it's a blowout, good, you got your points. But what if they're just kind of up and he's like, oh, screw it. Why play him in the second half? So those are the three obvious ones. But I say more than that. uh, And here's why, Mike, is because Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr have been banged up. Why play them? You have nothing to play for. Austin Eckler missed most of the season. What if you're worried about him? Keenan Allen, what about Mike Williams? And that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of teams that aren't in the playoffs and don't even have spoiler to play for, like the Chargers. The Chargers-Chiefs game might be 13-10 to 10 with Chad <laughs> Henney out there. Like, why risk it? I mean, the only person that's probably playing hard out there is going to be Herbert and then whoever wide receivers he has. So that's why I say there's more at stake here. There's some injuries where players have been playing through things that, you know, that's you still have to worry about that. Like if the Cowboys hadn't have won, you would have to be concerned that does Zeke even play the full game. So make sure when you're making your lineups, you understand that some of these guys might not, one, play, and if they do, they just might get sat early. What if we don't hear anything? I mean, Brandon, let's say, right, I mean, we know Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tampa, they've got nothing to play for, especially Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Tampa, you can maybe construct an argument whereby you say they want to win because they want the five seed because then they get the NFC East team in the first round matchup. And I think even that's a little bit of a stretch. But, like, if you don't hear anything – do you trust playing Josh Allen this week? Do you trust playing Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson? I mean, how do you feel about the players on these teams if their coaches don't come out and say, we're resting these guys? Well, I think one thing, like Pittsburgh, man, they were they were stuck in the mud for uh, several weeks, and they started to get on track last week. And I wouldn't be surprised if they want to get a little bit more of that before they before they take the week off. I mean, you can't just say that all their problems were fixed in one game. It'd be nice for them to see that go for another game as well. Maybe see Ben Roethlisberger get the ball deep again against the Browns. But what, one thing I'll just say in general is that we're kind of talking 10,000 foot view and week 17 is about being as myopic and not caring about anything other than the, the exact lineups, you know, potentials that you have and the guys there and really focusing in on them and, and, you know, eliminating all the other noise and just figuring out what is going to be your best lineup with the guys that you have and preparing for contingencies, you know, and, and looking for looking for guys that, you know, will play in the afternoon games. If you have morning games where you might get in trouble, where someone's like a late scratch or you're starting to hear something where things are going south with a guy you're planning on playing, just being ready to pivot if you have to. And so it's, well, you know, let me ask you this. And I'll jump in. Mike, you can answer this question too. Is sure. I'll give you a for instance. Let's say to your question, Mike, we don't have an answer. And let's say we get all the way up. Josh Jacobs was limited in practice all week. And this is a scenario. It's just the things we see every single year. Let's say we got Josh Jacobs limited all the way through Friday. He's got Denver. 
you don't know if he's playing the full game or your choice is Malcolm Brown with Wolford at quarterback. Like that's like the decision some people would have to make. Like which way would you go? Would you go Malcolm Brown with a potential terrible offense and terrible performance? Or would you go the Josh Jacobs who any given week you would always say Josh Jacobs over Malcolm Brown, but that's like a scenario. Like which way would you go? Frontson? Um, I'm probably going to go Malcolm Brown to be honest with you. I mean, we like, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, he's been scoring touchdowns. He gets most of the load of that, of that Rams. We've been, we've been, you know, waiting for someone to just get the majority of the carries all year long. And it happened a couple of times with Cam Akers. It was glorious. And, you know, Malcolm right. Brown is not the talent of Cam Akers, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, honestly, Josh Jacobs could get his 34 yards, get to a thousand, and then just might just call good with him. You know? Right, that's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, the, and you have the other ones, like DeAndre Swift, with him, with his injuries, and him being the future. Do they just say, "Well, let's just ride out Adrian Peterson revenge game," or do you go like Wayne, yeah. Wayne Goldman and get some guaranteed pfft, touches? Like that's, <laughs> and that's just the frustrating thing. A lot of people are going to have to decide on. We yeah. do have three games without any playoff implications: Vikings, Lions, Raiders, Broncos, Jets, Patriots. I mean, is there any angle to take on those games? Is that sort of what we're already talking about here? Nah, yeah. I, I love looking at incentives, thousand yards, uh, you know, ten touchdowns. I, I like yeah, looking for players for those. playing for incentives like that. Those Tyler sometimes those gets mean the incentive in... for a thousand yards, but they also have Ooh. the number one seed. But on they're the line. they're still playing for a buy. Yeah, I just meant Tyler Lockett's also involved as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot yeah, no there. doubt, and at Seahawks Seahawks should be playing playing well. I mean. They will have some early game ramifications, but I think the Seahawks are going to be playing for the most part all the way through. Oh yeah, well they're they're uh, they're still playing for the bye, and that, the NFL yeah, has done Green a very Bay, good job as they've Seattle, done in Saints. Yeah, yeah, they've done in week seventeen for a few years now of keeping the times flexible and moving it around so teams don't know already, don't have their result in hand from someone who just happened to play earlier than they did, and so all those teams, Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle, are all playing. In that late three twenty-five. Well, speaking of all that, I've just given you a heads up. So this is our only show this week. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a very annoyed and angry Jake next week if the, <laughs> if the Cowboys lose to the Giants and the Washington loses on Sunday Night Football and the Giants get in at six and ten. I am going yeah. to be. You don't want to see a six and ten the- Giants playoff team. You'd rather get like what? What are they lined up for right now? Like the sixth pick or something? Eighth. Eighth. It could have been. It could have been so much better. But you know, they went on that wonderful little hot stretch there, which I told you at the time was the most meaningless thing ever, and. Oh my God! Anyway, uh, hey, well, uh, that's just, that's, just how, that's how things go in the AFC East this <laughs> season, and this is really the perfect way to end it with these three teams, three bad teams that are guaranteed to finish under five hundred, all still alive for the not only a playoff berth, but for winning their division and hosting a home game in the first round of the playoffs. Hey, the Panthers did it at seven and nine and won their playoff game at seven hey. and nine. Can we? That's yeah, just hey. what, can we get Washington Seahawks, at seven and nine? The, so the Seahawks, Seahawks uh, yeah. beat the Saints. Seahawks, Seahawks beat the Seahawks for eight and eight. No, they were seven and no, nine. Yeah, they were seven and nine. Oh, yeah. then the and, Panthers uh, were eight and eight, and the Seahawks were seven and nine. Uh, Either way, so yeah. both those teams no, the, won I, their. I, I believe the game. Panthers were seven, eight, and one, and I only know that because I think I saw that on a broadcast this week. That's yeah. what it was. I knew they only yeah. had seven wins. There <laughs> yeah. you go. That was uh, Marshawn Lynch's first season. That was a Beastquake uh, yeah, game Beastquake against run. the Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So hey, maybe there's something in store for maybe the Buccaneers don't want to be the five seed. <laughs> we think they want to be. Oh yeah, the the the, the fifteen people in, in the crowd <laughs> stir things up for them. Honestly, yeah. guys, if 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 the Washington football team played Tampa, I would I would give them a chance just because Tom Brady and that pressure uh, mm-hmm. would not be a good mix. So you never know. Sometimes the matchups, even on a bad team, can work out well for them. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. All right, you talk about having uh, contingency plans, and there's something we might have to think about, and I guess you might not actually be able to uh, adjust to these before you set your lineups, but uh, we know that the Saints and Seahawks, right, we're talking about them still having something to play for. But what happens if they go into halftime and their games are close and they see that the Packers are beating the Bears 24 nothing, right? And so the Packers have the one seed locked up, and they really have nothing to play for anymore. I mean, are you at all – Do you? does that make you th- – I mean, it's not going to make you think about Alvin Kamara. Right, Brandon, but does it make you think about Drew Brees a little bit harder? Does it make you think about Emmanuel Sanders a little bit harder? If the Bears can't keep things close with the Packers, do those teams pull their guys off the field in the second half? Yeah, I think you, you do a little bit. I mean, wait, so if if the Packers win, they get the one seed, obviously, but the but the Saints and the Seahawks will still be playing for um, the two home games and the number two seed, right? I mean, that's, that's still going to be in play for them. That would still be in play for them, yes. Yeah, which is which is meaningful. Um, so I, I think it's more. I think you worry about. So here's the deal: you worry about if they if they start pulling players because the game's been decided early along in the contest, like the like the Monday night game with the Bills. Like you know they could have pulled Josh Allen in the third quarter and been just mm-hmm. fine. But Josh Allen up to that point put up monster numbers. So the game's decided in favor of the team that's you know that's going to the playoffs. They probably put up really good numbers. Uh, you know, I think we're going to talk about this with with the Ravens here um, yep. going against Cincinnati and their twelve and a half point favorites. But if they're pulling Lamar Jackson early, it's because they're blowing him away. That means that Lamar Jackson put up a lot of you know <laughs> a, a good amount of numbers in a shorter period of time. But I, I think. You know, for the most part, I, I'm not worried too much about the Saints and the Seahawks. They're going to have to play for something in, the, in those later games. I think the same probably applies to the Titans, right, Jake? I mean, you know, they could have their playoff berth locked up going into their game, but they, no matter what, will have a division to play for. Uh, if they lose and the Colts win and the Colts are AFC South champs, the Titans still need a win to be AFC South champs. So even though they could be locked into the playoffs, depending on what happens in the 1 p.m. Eastern games, if you know, Miami loses or Cleveland loses and they have that available to them. Uh, they still got to be playing for the playoffs, right? We should be expecting a full game out of Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Yeah, and also because the Colts play at 4 o'clock too. Right, and right. the other thing is you have to remember is that there's a lot of teams that started doing it where they don't even put the scores up. And you started playing the don't pay attention so the players don't lose focus or don't start to have that happen. You tell me there's them, not so. a coach on the sidelines with an iPhone looking at scores. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to tell you, if I'm a coach, I'm not I'm not doing it. And I'm, I'm scouting my team to make sure they're not doing it. It depends on who the team is. We've seen it before. They talked about it. I remember watching games last year where there was like a team. I want to say it was even the Saints maybe. That was like 
they weren't showing it. You know, obviously fans. It was yeah, because there was remember the fans cheered when something happened towards the end of the game, and it was like something that had to trickle down to the team because they were keeping it off the score. And what yeah. you're saying, they were on their phones. Uh-huh. Um, but in any case, I figured you remember because you remember everything. <laughs> uh, but look, I'm not that concerned about it. with scoreboard watching. That's that's probably like a five percent care in my mind yeah. like that's that's nothing like i would be concerned like said about the nothing to play for is the seating's already set or like does it really matter if you want the two or three seed is it two home games yeah it's a little bit but are you gonna really kill your players just to get that you know five six seven do you avoid this person that person whatever those are more the things uh and those outside of like the chief situation is still secondary like it's gonna be we're resting our players you might have to worry about players being rested and then scoreboard watching is like way down the list is there anyone who gets like a, a bump because of this? I mean, I, like we said, the only one we know for sure are going to rest are the Chiefs. Um, we think there's good reason to believe that Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tampa will all maybe not. Maybe they treat it like a preseason game where they get their guys a series. And I think you make a good point, Brandon, about Pittsburgh maybe wanting to keep things rolling a little bit since they were so stuck in muck and mire for three and a half straight games before finally getting going in the second half of that win over the Colts uh, this past week. But is there anyone on those teams who benefits from, like, does Anthony McFarland suddenly become someone who we think about starting in Week 17? Or are you feeling better about Devin Singletary getting some run or getting more run in this game? Anyone jump out at you uh, from this group of teams, Brandon? Um, maybe, like, like Gus Edwards, you know, the backup in a, in a game against Cincinnati where, man, that could just be a whole second half of just Gus between the tackles. Uh, you know, someone like that. I mean, I haven't really... I haven't really, you know, drilled down into these, but uh, he's someone that jumps out at me. And just on the Tennessee thing, they're coming off a forty-one to fourteen loss to the Packers. Like, I think a lot of coaches are big about having solid momentum going into the postseason, and so I would think like a Tennessee is going to come out and really try to have a, you know, have a game they can feel good about when they head in there. And you know, maybe Derrick Henry gets his two hundred twenty-three yards to get to two thousand along the way. <laughs> it's Houston, after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and I, I agree with you there completely on Tennessee. I just think we needed there's, to mention the possibility of it. Yeah, what's up, Jake? I was going to say, there's a handful. Uh, I mentioned them in the waivers. Like, you could look at, well, Zach Pascal has actually also been relevant, right. but also yeah. <laughs> Michael Pittman could have concussions, so he comes into play. Yeah. Uh, to go down the list, I already mentioned the Chargers guys. Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, but you have to remember they're playing with Chad Henney. And right. what if they even decide like let's not risk Hardman? Like like that type of situation. Further down the list is the people like Cam Sims. He has something to play for, even if Terry McLaurin comes back. Gabriel Davis, I listed for the Bills because mm-hmm. Cole Beasley got banged up. And even if John Brown comes back, they probably don't roll him out there for much in week seventeen, right, right before they hit the playoffs. So there are a few out there. And then, as I mentioned with the Josh Jacobs situation, I put a little small list of three running backs. I said the potentially relevant, if you get any news that the lead might sit with Devontae Booker for the Raiders, Kalen Balazs for the Chargers, and Adrian Peterson for the Lions, there could be players that come into play with later news in the week or even some of these situations, as you mentioned, that, you know, early rest. Mm hmm. You mentioned John Wolford a little earlier getting the start for the Rams. Um, (laughs) They obviously have something to play for. I mean, if they lose, they are in serious risk of being left out of the playoffs. And this was a team people were talking about maybe going to the Super Bowl just a few weeks ago. But if they lose and the Bears beat the Packers, the Rams are not even in the playoffs, let alone going to the Super Bowl. So John Wolford, as the quarterback, are you suddenly now scared of playing Cooper Cup, Robert Woods? What do you think about this, Brandon? Yeah, I'm I'm scared on on both sides here, um, and so yeah, I mean I mean Robert Woods, I, this could be ugly for the Rams. This could be I mean we just saw them score nine points with 
with Jared Goff. I mean, he wasn't hurt the whole game, but uh, they weren't doing well when he was healthy there. So this Rams offense has struggled a little bit of late, and I imagine it would continue to do so with injuries to Daryl Henderson and Jared Goff and, and all that. I guess I feel better about Cooper Cup. Uh, than I would Robert Woods, but I'm not sure I'm going to have either one of them ranked very high this week when it's all when the dust settles here. Jake, where are you at in the Rams this week? Avoiding as much as possible outside of Malcolm Brown, and honestly, that's why I brought him up earlier because this feels like it might be one of those Giovanni Bernards and the Devontae Booker situation where, yeah, he's going to get 90% of the carries, but does it matter if the team only scores 10 points? Like that kind of situation. So, you, you got to play Michael Malcolm Brown, uh, but I would avoid, it's crazy to say, I would completely avoid Cooper Cup and Robert Woods if possible, but I would. And I, I know, I'm like, look, John Wolford, like, I'm not trying to hate on anybody, but, you know, he's he was a surprise to be a backup in the NFL to begin with. Like, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, that, like there's probably an argument to be made that, like, other better, they, they went and picked up Blake Bortles. That's all you need. To, if Blake Bortles makes an appearance in this game, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> Give me, give us a little bit of context on what avoiding Cooper Cup and Robert Woods at all costs means. Does it mean like you're playing? I don't know, Chad Hansen over that. I play Darnell, Sterling Shepard. I play Sterling Shepard, and Sterling Shepard's just been mostly a floor guy uh, mm-hmm. this season, even as their number one. I'd play Pascal if there's no, no Michael Pittman. I'd play. I'm just going down my waiver list. Yeah. I'd go Chenault. I'd go Michael Gallup. I'd go Aguilar, depending on what happens with that situation. If there's no Keenan Allen and no Mike Williams, I'd play both the Chargers wide receivers just because, again, yeah, sure they can do something, but you still have to look at who the quarterback is. I trust Justin Herbert and Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson more than I trust Wolford to do anything. Uh, and honestly, if you told me Blake Bortles was starting this game, I'd feel better about Cup and Woods. I don't know what the hell Wolford is. Yeah, Not a big AAF fan, I take it. <laughs> I mean, and how much credence can you put into those games? Wasn't this touchdown to interception ratio not even that great to begin I, with in that? I, I, I didn't. I don't think I watched one minute of AAF football. I no, no, no. I just remember seeing the stats. Uh, let's, here, look, we'll do this live. We'll, so we'll get the John Wolfer stats. Can we get them right. on pro football? No? Yeah, you, no, no. They don't I, even I, show up on pro football reference because they they're... Got it, they got to yeah. show up somewhere. Uh, look, Jake, you look Michael for Michael and I will talk amongst ourselves. And, yeah, you look yeah, for you those can. stats really quick. I want to ask uh, Brandon about Mitch Trubisky. Oh, here you QB1, go. There you go. QB, Done. Oh, be, all right, all right. Table those for a second. Let's talk about Mitch for a second. He could be in the AAF one of these days. You never know if it comes back. Mitch Trubisky, I mean, is this another QB1 week for him? This is, uh, I mean, basically the Bears got to feel like winning we're in, losing we're going home. So... I mean, Mitch Trubisky, with what we've seen over the last month here, are you feeling good about him, Brandon, rolling him out there in this Week 17 game? I'm not. I'm QB one seems a little bit strong to me. I don't think I'll be ranking him quite that high. He's been he's been fine, but he's also had a really, really, really easy schedule. It's been Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. Uh, he had a great game against Green Bay the last time they faced each other with three touchdowns. Did have the two interceptions though. Uh, the yardage hasn't been big. He hasn't been running a ton. Like I feel like there is a very obvious downside to Mitch Trubisky this week because Green Bay will come out and just you know want to solidify their their spot. So they're not going to want to lose to Chicago. They're not no, going to no. take this game lightly. So uh, that being the case, I think it's uh, you know I, I think the I think I'm more f- afraid of the floor than I'm excited about the ceiling. 
all that Mitch production came in garbage time too. That was a game that the yeah. Packers were up like 24 to nothing in the blink of an eye, something like that. And yes, the Packers have something very much to play for in this game, getting that one seed, getting that by getting some time off. Jake, give us those stats and give us where you are on <laughs> Mitch Trubisky early on in this week 17. Well, so this is going to be the craziest. This is this is 2020 in a nutshell. I am going to have to go back and watch some 2019 preseason games because <laughs> I want to see what Wolford looks like. Because so what he did in the AAF in eight games, 1,660 yards, 16 yards, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions. The 14 touchdowns led the league. Really. Ooh, wow. Really? So <laughs> well, eight I'm, games. I'm doing eight games, sixteen hundred. That's two hundred yards a game. That's yeah. really not that good. <laughs> it's no. He never attempted more than thirty-one pass, thirty-three passes. A lot of low twenties. I'm assuming just like their games aren't as much. Uh, but the one thing and why I said I have to go back to the preseason is because he at least in the AF two had a nice yards per attempt at seven point eight and That's almost had a hundred passer rating. But the preseason from 2019 was two forty-nine and three touchdowns and zero interceptions. Passer rating of 95.7. So, again, it's preseason. I don't know how much we're going to be able to glean from it. I'll go back and look. I'll see what we can find. Maybe I'll feel a little bit better about Cup and Woods before the end of the week. Um, Kurt Kurt Warner 2.0, maybe? (laughs) <laughs> AAF, not arena. Come on. In, in the right jersey to do it. In the right jersey to do it, right? That's Just right. handed so, the torch over. You know my feelings of Mitch is I've been fine with him for a lot of weeks. It's just you always know what happens when things go south for Mitch. And also in this game, uh, David Montgomery set up for another just run it down their throats because it's the Packers. Everybody runs down their throats. The one good thing about it is I was doing a show yesterday with Joe Holko the DFS show, and it's funny. You know, I'm somebody who has been out there. So Joe, for context, Joe Holko is one of the people who, when he plays DFS, he doesn't care about cornerback matchups because he's on the side of you can find ways to get away from him. I don't play into it, blah, blah, blah. There's so much other things when I do my DFS. And I said, I wouldn't ignore it completely. And we've had this discussion the entire year because all I kept bringing up the entire year was Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander every single week. I told him, don't play Marvin Jones that one week because he's getting Jair Alexander. Here's the one person it doesn't matter for. Allen Robinson scored two touchdowns in that game. Alexander wasn't on him the entire game. And it also doesn't matter because Mitch Trubisky is going to give him who actually, whoever the quarterback is, is going to give him double digit targets and Allen Robinson can overcome it. The problem is there's a lot of wide receivers that can overcome Alexander. DK Metcalf can you know, Tyreek Hill, we could go down the list. We could probably name off 15 wide receivers that can overcome Alexander for a full game. The problem is a lot of teams don't send double-digit targets his way because they don't risk it, and they have other options, and they have other options that might be close to on par of that talent level. The Bears go to Allen Robinson, so I'm still playing Allen Robinson. I think Dave Montgomery set it for another great game, and Trubisky would probably be mid to high QB2 like he's been for a couple weeks now. Dallas looking good, you guys, after what we saw from them in week 16. A Please huge win. game against the Eagle, right? Yeah, there you go. They, they got a big, huge fan in Jake Seeley, Dallas Cowboys. People are going to be looking for teams <laughs> they know our plan. They know our plan. They know their plan, everyone. That's what they're doing. That is going to be true of the Cowboys. So, Andy Dalton, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb. Jake, do we feel good about these guys this week? Absolutely. The one thing about them is in everybody's mind, yeah, this is the perception thing. Everybody feels like Gallup's his guy. He's not. What did I tell you when they first came in? What's the truth still as today? He targets all three almost the exact same. It's actually a one-target difference between the three of them. The reason it feels that way is because Gallup's the best in air yards per target. So if that's what you're looking for and you're looking for the big play, all three are in play against the Giants because, to go back to the Alexander comparison, they have Bradbury. But as Marquise Brown showed last week, you can still 
have a play designed to beat Bradbury when he's your only significant defensive threat, not to mention, is Bradbury on Gallup? Is he on Cooper? Bradbury can't cover all three of them. Like, he can't. <laughs> he's got to pick one. And if he shadows one, that's going to probably be unfortunate for whoever it is because that goes better into the example I was giving. But I have no problem playing all of them. I was higher than most on Zeke last week, and I still wasn't expecting that. The kick in the pants of, hey, I might be a job jeopardy here seems to have really gotten to him. And honestly, that game off, he looked fresher than he has since the middle of the season. So I think you load up everybody. And I think Dalton's a great streamer. Yeah, bring up a note about Gallup. He was he did not go among the top 52 receivers drafted in our 2021 mock draft that we just put up on the site. And CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper were top 20 wide receivers. I think it was egregious. Like, I mean, Dak back, Michael Gallup seems like he's got to go in the top 50, right? Yeah. He maybe. was left I, out with Dak. It wasn't really. I, I mean, I look yeah, back. He, I mean, go, he go didn't, look. I don't he's think only got two good games with Dak. Yeah, Dak but that was kind of the games. Yeah, they only played five well, know, games. but they were and, off touchdowns. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, that's Gallup, though, too, right? He's not like the week-to-week. I mean, it's going to be the spikes no, no, no. and the, it's going to be the highs and so, the lows. He's a look, does he probably belong in the 40s? Sure, but I think at least this is where well, I'm, I'm not saying it. that he should have been a lot higher. I'm saying he should have been drafted. I, yeah. I could see it, but I could also see basically what I'm getting at. Is I could see the case against him. I could see he was the third choice the entire time Dak was playing. He had the one game against your Seahawks that's probably sticking out of your mind where he blew <laughs> up every other game. With single digits. I, I don't think he even... Did he even top... Beller probably knows. Did he even top seven or eight points in that stretch before Dak went down except for that one game? I don't know. I know it was miserable, and that's why. is because he was the odd man out, and C.D. Lamb was just taking over. And I think that's what's in mind. I think everybody's thinking year two of C.D. Lamb, at least I am as well, year two of C.D. Lamb is going to be amazing because C.D. Lamb is amazing. And now if you're talking about the third option... It keeps coming back to Dak Prescott can go ballistic, but Dak Prescott was going ballistic and still left out Gallup all but one game. First five games of the season, the five games that Dak played, uh, you had three for 50, two for 58, then the big one against uh, Seattle, six for 138 and a touchdown, two for 29, four for 73 for Michael Gallup. Okay, so yeah, so one very, and a half. So very much yeah. a Tyler Lockett kind of five-game stretch there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's fair if, uh, if, he's, if uh, Dak Prescott's back. In Dallas next season. Oh, let's 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 get one more uh, week seventeen rankings question in here. San Francisco, obviously they are done, but they uh, were a plucky spoiler in week sixteen, beating Arizona. And part of the reason there was Jeff Wilson. I mean, Jeff Wilson is he just is he locked into our week seventeen lineups? You guys, yes, he's yeah. top ten. Top ten. It's just a just almost like just a lock to score a touchdown when he's getting that kind of work. It's just. You know, you just feel like there's just, there's no way he's not scoring. Um, Seattle's tough; they're tough against running backs. But um, yeah, I mean, this is just Jeff Wilson. You know, look, get him seventy yards and a touchdown seems like a like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, we're gonna have uh, a little roundtable related to that 2021 mock draft that uh, that uh, you referenced, Brandon, and I just wrote up some answers for it. And I think Jeff Wilson, you know, he was someone who I almost uh, mentioned for one of the answers. You will be able to read that on the Athletic very soon, and I think he's going to be someone interesting that we uh, consider in 2021 with all the injuries that Raheem Mostert has had. Obviously, it's going to depend on what happens in San Francisco, yada yada yada, and all that stuff. But someone who will be interesting to take a look at in 2021. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're going to put a bow on things right here. Brandon, giving you a hard time all season, especially as we've gotten closer to the end of the year with uh, you having Week 17 championships. So Jake and I will reserve judgment. We're going to take a (laughs) seat back. You just uh, go on your little spiel here. Why is Week 17 worth playing? Uh, okay. Well, number one, it's meat on the bone. If you don't, who likes to sit out a regular season game and just didn't watch? It's crazy, but that's just kind of generally what football is. It's unpredictable. We like to try to throw kickers out, and now we're talking about defenses out, and because it's all too random, and it's like you know what? You could start one quarterback, one running back, and one wide receiver. And you're still going to get randomness. That's the nature of football. So embrace it instead of trying to, you know, trying to lessen it. There's always going to be unpredictability with it. Um, Second of all, I think, you know, you know it at the beginning of the season, you know, you're playing through week 17. So if you're if you're kind of trending towards the playoffs, you start making contingency plans early. You start adding a Philip Rivers if you have a Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, in the league that I'm in, Rivers was available this week. So you got an option to play over Pat Mahomes and a pretty good one at that. Um, I've been in doing this forever. It's over 20 years with this league. No one's ever complained about playing in week 17. Once you kind of are committed to it, you just roll with it. And, uh, you know, we pay out 50, 30, 20. So we don't pay out a bunch of different people. The top two teams get 80% of the prize pool. Plus, we pay out weekly high scorers. Uh, so if you have a dominant team all year long, you're getting paid. And it's, you know, the two, the two ch- whoever wins in week 16 when it's you're playing for real, get to move on to a week 17 thing. And you have to kind of show your managerial acumen. And that's part of the whole deal. And like I said, those two teams that were the two best through 16 weeks get 80% of the prize pool. So um, that being the case, no one's complaining about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the only people that complain about it are the people that don't do it. Jake, you convinced? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> this is, I, I only have two things to say. I, I will say, Jake, I don't hate your idea that if you don't play week 17, make it a, an open to the league and, you know, and have some kind of like a little side pot. That's that's fine. But at yeah, least it so keeps you in the action. I do, I do only have two counterpoints, and they're both quick. Uh, one is, what was this entire show about? That's it. That's my only argument. Mm-hmm. And then the second one is I got a text from Brandon last night asking me if I was submitting waivers. And I said, yes. And he put an eye roll emoji. And I said, I thought you like week 17. And he said, not if I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But I, that's what I said earlier. It's like at this point, if you're playing in week 17, all this stuff is just noise. You really only care about. I mean, you're going to be cutting players that you would never have considered cutting. Like mm-hmm. you're just, you're like just doing 16. It is just fire drill time, and, and you're just like trying to figure out the best way to yeah put anything together. But are we ever better prepared for Week 17 than the 2020 year that it was? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's true. I mean, unless yeah, you're so. unless unless you took Travis Kelsey at the one-two turn, 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> How about the person who took Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey at the one-two turn? They probably hate Week 17. Oh, they were, is, and they probably already have their championship in Week 16 because they're smart. They're smart, obviously. Uh, all right, guys. Well, Week 17 definitely does matter in the NFL world, especially this year. I mean, I've been – yeah, I'm 36 years old, so what, I've been paying attention to football in a way that I actually knew what I was paying attention to for, what, 26, 25 years, something like that. And I, did, I cannot recall a year – where we went into week 17 with this many things still, this many balls still in the air with respect to the playoffs. So with everything that's at stake uh, in this week 17, I know this isn't a fantasy thing, but I think it's a fun way to sign off for the three of us on this 2020 season. What are your week 17 predictions? Who ends up in the playoffs? How did things shake out? So we still have the uh, NFC last two spots to be decided with the Cardinals, Rams, and Bears competing, and then everything going on in the AFC. All those 10-win teams coming into this week, we still have one division to be decided in the AFC South, and all three wild cards. all of these teams still alive. How are things going to shake out? Uh, Jake, why don't you give us your look first? Uh, so the AFC, I sadly, if I could pick who I want for entertainment purposes, I would love to see Philip Rivers and the Coles not play. I'm tired of watching Philip Rivers. I'm tired of watching his stupid shot put throw. And well, I've had <laughs> enough I, of Philip Can Rivers I just say something on that note? The, yes. the Colts are, are out of the playoffs right now, but they have an 80% chance of making the playoffs, which because is insane. there's so many easier paths of people losing. That's what, because yeah, the Browns play the Steelers. Has to lose. One of the teams yeah. has to lose. If Miami, Browns play the Steelers, the Cleveland, Dolphins play yeah. the Bills. Yeah. So... For entertainment purposes, I want to see it as it stands. I want to see the Browns in. I want to see the Ravens, Dolphins, and Titans. I want to see that happen. If nothing else, I want some playoff Fitz magic because we know Tua is going to get yanked in every single game at some point, probably. Unfortunately, my prediction is going to be that the Dolphins don't make it because I do think the Bills are going to play enough and are talented enough, even if they pull Josh Allen in the third quarter, that I'm just going to take the Bills straight up against over the Dolphins. And unfortunately, I think that means they miss. So... That's my prediction on the NFC side. The only spots remaining, I think it's going to be the Bears and the Cardinals. I think the Rams situation with Wolford is going to ruin them. Even though I'm so going to say, hey, that means you have the Bears beating the Packers. No, the Bears can lose and get in. No, no, not if the if the Cardinals win. Oh, if the Cardinals the, have to lose, if the Cardinal the Cardinals have to lose. Oh, if yeah, the that's Cardinals right. Win and the Packers win. It's Cardinals Rams. All right, well then, I think the Bears are out. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, good good news for the. I, I just don't see the Bears beating the Packers. And anyway, you know, maybe if the Packers had already clinched that number one spot, yeah. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think the Bears are out. So there, you, yeah, you got that one. The NFC East. Uh, you ready to hit the edit button there? Yes. So <laughs> the Giants are going to win because the Cowboys are going to shit the bed, and so are the Redskins, Washington football team. Sorry, Washington football. This is how annoyed I am. And the dumbass piece of crap Giants are going to be in the playoffs at 6-10. and 10. <laughs> I love it. We don't, we don't, we don't, need, the, we don't need to bleep. There's only one word that we really need a bleep button for. We can keep that in. I'm keeping well, it. You got to take can... out the, the, the mess up of the Washington football team. I, can't, I made it the entire year, the week 17. Call them the damn Redskins. There is no way there's only one word uh, in the English language that we are bleeping on this show. I can think of many that you would be well, bleeping. Well, you know, really. one that you yeah. would maybe actually say. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, I want the Rams out. I can't stand the Rams. I can't, I, uh, Sean McVay gets under my skin. So, yeah, I think they're well set up to be knocked out by the Cardinals. And um, so as long as that happens. Well, then you have the Bears winning. That's what yeah. he was saying. 
Yeah, I know. Get knocked out, the Bears have to win. Bears have to win. I know. I, I really want that to happen. So that's my wish casting. I, I I have a feeling that's not going to happen, though. I think the Packers will beat the Bears. Um, and I'm with you. I think it's the Dolphins that that lose out to the Colts. I hate to see that, to hap- that happen. I actually love watching the Dolphins, um, and I hate watching the Colts. I'm with Jake on that. But, I, you know, 80% chance uh, for the Colts, I think that's going to work out well for them. Yeah, for the Dolphins to, you know, the Dolphins can still get in with a win. The Dolphins are in the best position. If any of those teams lose, the Dolphins are still in. Right, like if Ravens, Browns, the or Ravens Titans. Aren't, yeah, yeah, the Ravens aren't going to lose, right? But, uh, like, if the if the Browns lose to the Steelers, they're in. If the Colts somehow lose, the Dolphins are in. Yeah. So it's good. Is it going to be the Browns? Is, is, is the bad luck continue? I mean, I mean it would be right. It would, it would be so Browns for them to have this season <laughs> go ten and six with a seventh team with the additional wild card and still not make the playoffs. That would be yeah. very very Browns to happen. Yeah, to go ten and four and then lose to the yeah. Jets, lose to the Jets, <laughs> lose to the Steer hated Steelers yes. rival. In week 17, that kind of have nothing to play for, anyways, and not make the playoffs going 10 and 6 with three wild cards making the playoffs for the first time ever. I mean, that would be, that would be very, very Browns. Um, but I feel like that's not going to happen. I'm going to make it unanimous. I, I think the Dolphins end up uh, getting knocked out here and uh, losing to the Bills, and the, everything else goes as expected. Baltimore wins, Cleveland beats a p- relatively uninterested Pittsburgh team. Indian Tennessee take care of business, and that's what we're looking at. So we're looking at Tennessee in the AFC South, and I think that it's going to be Rams and Cardinals. I think the Cardinals beat the John Wolford-led Rams, and I just can't see the Bears hanging with the Packers, with the Packers having anything to play for. And as the resident Bears fan here, I will say I want them to be in the playoffs. I think it would be fun, and you know we're not like the Giants where we're going to fall into a top-eight pick if they lose this game. They're still not going to have super meaningful of a pick if they do end up making it uh, – not making it – into the playoffs, but the the nightmare scenario for the Bears is winning this game, getting a playoff spot that probably shouldn't exist anyways, getting just destroyed by the Saints in the first round of the playoffs, and then <laughs> them deciding, you know what? Or Seahawks. Let's keep Ryan Pace around. We made the playoffs. We can't fire a playoff GM. Let's keep Ryan Pace around. Mitch turned a corner. Let's re-sign him. Let's bring him back on a reasonable two- or three-year deal. Like, that's the nightmare scenario for the Bears. Uh, There's definitely a you. path. Yeah. Because Gettleman needs to be gone. Stop. <laughs> exactly. Oh. There is a path for both of these teams where <laughs> making the playoffs is detrimental to the long-term health of the franchise. Look, it's the same thing, and I'm with you, Beller. So we're, we're on the same page hating against our own teams. How, how about that for everybody out there rooting against our own teams in the final week of 2020? Hey, if, they, if, if you could guarantee me that no matter what happens – Pace is still gone, and the Bears aren't interested in bringing Mitch back. Then let's do it. Let's go out. Let's beat the Packers. Let's make the playoffs. Let's have some fun. Let's lose oh, by no. thirty to the Saints or the Seahawks. <laughs> I, if you could guarantee me that, I'm down. But if somehow no, don't drop this, me from the eighth pick to the sixteenth or seventeenth. Well, yeah. Pick, see, the do Bears it. don't have that. Yeah, you have that. That's a huge risk. The Bears don't really have the you know the 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 pick difference is going to be close to negligible. It's not going to be totally right. negligible. Wait, Bella, you be seem to have a good to. grasp on all this. How did, how did the Seahawks get the Bears in the playoffs? Tell me how that happened, because that's the exact scenario I want to play out the uh, Seahawks this week. Seahawks could... get the number one seed. No, no, because then they would have a bye. Bears could get up to the number six seed. The Bears could be The Bears are the six if they win and Arizona wins. Then the Bears are the six. Perfect. Yeah, which would put Perfect. them against the, th- the three. <laughs> Make that happen. 
Let's do that. So if the Bears win, the Cardinals win, and the um, well, no, the, see, the Seahawks could still win, and if the Saints win as well, they would still Seahawks would still be number yeah. two. Yeah, Saints no, no, have no, the to Seahawks lose. Be three. The Seahawks would be three in that scenario. The Saints, no, the Seahawks are coming into this week as the three, and the Saints are the two. So the Seahawks still have a tiebreak loss over the Packers if they tie. No, we're saying so. The Saints would play the Cardinals because the Cardinals were the seventh seed. No, no, no. So what I was, my scenario: if the Bears win, is what I was saying. So the Bears win, the Saints mm-hmm. win. Saints get the number one seed. That's done. What I'm saying is that the Seahawks win and the Packers lose. The, who gets the two? Who gets the three? The Seahawks only get the the Seahawks have the tiebreaker over the Packers. So, yeah, but that's but only had so to they head. could get the two. But yeah, the Seahawks so get, get the one two. if the Saints lose in that scenario as well. Right. Correct. Yeah. Now that okay, we just yeah. broke that down for everybody. Yeah, there we go. I think we nailed that. There is a right for the Bears and Seahawks to meet in the first round, Brandon. So okay. you can cheer for that on Sunday. <laughs> I, will I will be cheering for, you know, that so long as Ryan Pace is still gone. Because <laughs> All I right, hurry up and end the show so Ryan I can get Pace your guys' advice on my survivor pick for week getting 17. Getting to choose another quarterback. This is a guy who has brought Mitch Trubisky Oh, do you want to make this a survivor Holmes pick? And Deshaun Watson. He brought Mike Glennon to Chicago. He brought Nick Foles to Chicago. Please do not let this man make another quarterback decision for the Chicago Bears franchise. Please. I don't care if they go 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs. Do not let this person make another quarterback decision for the Bears. Is that good? Now can we end it? Now we're good? <laughs> I guess calling so. it a show? Depends we are calling it a show here. Okay, we are calling it a show on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for this week 17. Again, we have one more episode uh, for you this week. That is uh, Nando DeFino, Chris Vaccaro, and Eric Moody taking a look ahead to the 2021 season. That will be live on Wednesday the 30th. Then we come back for you next week. We'll be at you two times a week all the way through the Super Bowl. Just talking about some 2021 stuff. Next week, we'll take a look at uh, fantasy playoff rankings. The three of us will do that. So a lot of fun still in store for you the rest of the football season. But we are calling it a 2020 regular season with this show right here. So for Jake Seeley and Brandon Funston, I am Michael Bellary. We want to thank you for listening all season long. If you are still playing for a championship in Week 17, we wish you all the best of luck this week. We'll be back with you next week. Until then, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. See you later.